Welcome to the latest episode of the Director's Viewpoint at Paper Mill Playhouse. I'm Jen Bender, the Associate Artistic Director, and I'm here today with Dominique Kelly. We are working together on a show, so I'm talking to you with my co-director hat on today. Yes. Uh, yeah, this is so much fun because we've been in a room together for weeks and working together for months leading up to this. Mm -hmm. It's very wonderful because it helps out that you already know the lay of the land. Mm -hmm. So then when I come to you with questions about like, what about a, can we do a, not only is it filtered through a nice creative lens, but then a wonderful logistical lens too. Yeah, I like that part of it selfishly too, because if there's an issue that comes up, I feel like I know who to talk to. There's a shorthand about knowing what's possible. And if I need to ask somebody if something is possible, I know where to go. You're like Paper Mills Cliff's Notes. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. And you've been here before. You were just here choreographing The Great Gatsby. Absolutely, which was wonderful. And um, it's very interesting doing a completely different take on the 1920s and 1930s because Gatsby was about opulence and everything was bigger than life. And this show is pretty much primarily about the performers and the performer and the people who may not have had that much, but then are really just, you know, telling the story and, and telling about Harlem where Gatsby was Long Island. So, yeah. And putting on my paper mill hat as we were planning this season, that's something we talked about is how these shows after Midnight and Gatsby are linked in terms of time period, but completely different in terms of setting and context and even how they were created. Because Gatsby, of course, is based on a very famous book. Mm -hmm. And After Midnight is a review with no book. So they're really completely at opposite ends of the spectrum. Which is great because uh, for people who think they're not into, you know, a dialogue and, and musical theater, this would be a great entry point for your friends who go like, I don't know about musical theater. You know, this is a great start for them to hear music and see some dancing and really just be immersed. Yeah. And there's songs that people know. I mean, so many of these are Duke Ellington classics, Cap Calloway, people have heard Lena Horne and Ella Fitzgerald sing them. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I think of myself as a director who really specializes in working with actors and text. Mm -hmm. So normally the types of musicals I'm really drawn to are things that are really book heavy. Mm. And this was surprising to me when we first started talking about this because I thought, well, there's no book. You know, what are we, what are we going to focus on? And I think what I'm really excited about people seeing is within this list of songs, we've created a structure for the evening and each song is its own story and we've mm -hmm. created a group of characters. Everybody's playing themselves to some extent. Everyone's character name is their own name, mm -hmm. but also you can feel the personality of each person throughout the show. So I'm really excited. It was a whole new challenge to create a story where there wasn't a story. Yeah. And in a way that was much more freeing because we just said, oh, what about this? What about this? Ooh, and if this scene looks like this, the thing that follows could be this. We love a what about it. We love a what about it. Well, That's one thing. Oh, I was just going to say we've, you know, had never worked together. I don't think either of us had co-directed. Yep. So, you know, it was a, a little bit of a concern to me, like, how is this going to work in a partnership? Mm -hmm. But one of the things I love about us working together is someone will have a thought and the other one says, yes, and also this, or what about this? So, you remember how we would be alone stressing about the show and then we'd call <laughs> each other? And then within five minutes, we knew so much. And that's been so wonderful to work with you on. And let's go back. Okay, so I need to know more about your directing experience because I love that you just dropped that in there. And I don't know if everybody knows that you have been in it for a long time. Yeah. 
So when I was growing up, I was a dancer and a musician and did sort of all the arts groups in school and grew up loving musical theater and seeing national tours that came through Columbus, Ohio, which is the city closest to where I grew up. And then I wanted to do theater for a living, but I knew I wasn't a good enough dancer to be a dancer or a good enough musician to be a musician. And I thought, well, there has to be some job within the theater world that I can do. And I sort of thought maybe I'd be more of an arts administrator. And when I went to college, I was a stage manager and I was, you know, ran the spotlight and I kept trying out all these sort of different things. And... Full disclosure, I went to see a show that I thought was horribly directed. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I could do that. Yep. So I directed a show because at school we had a whole bunch of shows that just happened all year long. Um, and I directed a show and I thought, oh, this is great. These are all the things I love. I'm working with dancers, but I'm not the choreographer. I'm working with musicians, but I'm not the music director. And I just thought, oh, this is great. I love it because it's like I get to touch on lots of different departments, but I get to work with people who are experts in their departments. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, this is really fun. I like directing and I'll just keep doing this until I have to get a grown-up job at some point. And then I just kept getting directing jobs and I thought, well, maybe this is my grown-up job. But when I started, I didn't grow up like going to a high school that had a drama program or even speech and debate. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't have anything like that. So it never occurred to me that a director was anywhere in my future. Uh, but once I started doing it, I just thought, oh, this feels so easy. It's kind of like when you're in a healthy relationship. You're like, mm -hmm. oh, this is easy. doesn't mean there aren't challenges, but it's it's a fit. Yeah. So I really fell in love with it and have always um, had a passion for directing new work. I do a lot of readings with new composing teams and writers and um, lots of things that are in development. Um, and what was great about this show is because we created so much of the storytelling, it felt like a new show. Yeah, which is wonderful to be able to have that opportunity because a lot of shows that you do, you can't really like diverge too much. Mm -hmm. But with this one, we're just like, all right, we feel this way. Let's do that. This is now the dance number. We're going to add lyrics to here. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. So it's been nice to... It's almost like we're approaching it like it's a new musical, like mm -hmm. there's like OBC, original yeah. Broadway cast, and it's been done before. Yeah, so I think for people who saw this on Broadway or even at Encores where they did it before, mm -hmm. we're honoring every bit of the show that was created, but I think this is going to feel new and exciting and different. It's, it definitely is a reimagining. Yeah. Um, so this is your first time directing. How's yes, that been? It has been great. I mean, like a lot of times as a choreographer, um, they almost say like, in a way you are a director, but I will say this, it is completely different directing. There are just more people that you um, have to give information to. Mm -hmm. And the good thing is, you know, you try to be an egoless leader where you cultivate and go like, well, what do you think is best? But when people keep asking you questions, you kind of have to answer them back. Yep. <laughs> Which is which is, is like a dumb moment, but I just have to say it has been absolutely wonderful feeling like um, in this position when we talk about things or like what's put on stage, you can stand behind it and go like, yes, that started as a phone call and you see it come to life. Mm -hmm. Again, not saying that you don't do that as a choreographer, but most times it's relegated to the movement on stage. So the good thing is about like co-directing is all the little minutia like the makeup the lights, the hair, the costume, like all of those things, you have a say in it to, you know, bring it back to center to make sure you're still pushing the story forward. 
And that has been really great to yeah. be able to do. And I love there's the what about with all the designers too. Because mm -hmm. I know we had some ideas, early ideas about how some of this show was going to be. And then we started working with designers went, oh, well, if it's like this, then what if we did this? And then as we developed things in staging, that informed other things about the set. Our set went through a pretty significant revision oh, yeah. between our first ideas and what we see up there now. And I think what we see up there now is great. Yeah. I'm really happy we ended up here. But yeah, it's a process with everybody. Yeah, and even even in tech, because um, we're in tech right now, mm -hmm. um, there are so many times that we've seen something in real time in the space, like a set look and think, oh, wait, if that's what that looks like, well, actually, this costume that looked great in this setting doesn't look as great in this setting. But you know where that costume would look great is earlier in the show. So we learn a lot as we go. Yeah, it's like doing a crossword puzzle that then turns into Sudoku <laughs> that then turns into Candy Crush. So you start <laughs> off thinking it's going to be one thing. And in the best way, by the time you get to the product, you're like, oh, well, that's actually better than what we imagined in the beginning. And I think just allowing the journey to happen is good human growth. Mm -hmm. Because then when you go out into the world, you're, you go like, well, I have this expectation of my day when I walk out of my door and then life takes you on journey. So you kind of have to bring the life that you create to your art. And it's been nice like doing that and seeing things like, okay, on the drawing board, this should work. And then you get here and you go, none of these logistics work. Let's just go by how we feel. Let's just go by what the audience feels. Let's just go by what our heart is telling us. And, and I mean, that's the part of being a true artist is mm -hmm. when you just go there and you don't care about what you see. It's about what you feel and like what you want the audience to feel and simple things like getting the audience on board with what you're telling them in that moment. Mm -hmm. And if everything is not set up the right way, your audience is not going to care at all, no matter how amazing somebody is. So it's been nice to like really go back to one-on-one of storytelling and not storytelling just in text or just in dance. It's pretty much like with the lighting, with the soundscape, with all of those things, like everything has to be in complete cohesion for us to get it. Because there'll be a lot of times where we'll say like, hmm, something is just not working and we don't know why. It could just be the color of a light. Mm -hmm. And you can change the light color and then all of a sudden it works. Or it just goes like, hmm, something doesn't feel right. And then you just hear a note on the piano being played and then it drops you where you need to be. So I think that's been great to flex that a little bit. Yeah, and I know people have asked me, like, how do you know when something's right? And you just know for yourself when it feels right. And I think collaboratively, because we've been working, not just the two of us, but the whole team, mm -hmm. we collectively feel when something is right. But we could have seen other directors and choreographers do this show, and that would have been what they feel is right. Yep. But so much of it is just instinctual. Like, I know so much of our pre-planning, you know, we're writing things down, and there's sort of an intellectual approach and a logical approach to how a lot of this is going to pan out. And then we see it. And like you said, it just doesn't feel right, even though the math looks like it should have been right. Mm -hmm. And then you get in the space and you're like, oh, actually, this is just right. The math actually, we, we just throw that out because there's like brain math and emotional math. And we just know when the thing feels right. And I think if we think it feels right, then the audience will think it feels right. Absolutely. And like coming back to paper mill is like hanging out with a new friend. You know what I mean? Like somebody that you just met that you can get reacquainted with because before coming here for Gatsby, not only did I not know Paper Mill, we didn't know each other. Nope. 
So it's been nice to like come back so quickly to go like, okay, do I know how all of this works? No, but at least I know enough to come back and like quickly make changes to go like, okay, I know how the theater is set up. There's certain people that I'm like, okay, we've just worked together before. I know to go to you about certain things, but it's been wonderful like that a whole year or two years haven't hasn't passed by before coming back. Yeah, I was just thinking too, everyone on our team is new to each other. Yes. You and I had never worked together before. Mm -hmm. Every one of our designers is new to us. Mm -hmm. And there's a little bit of a learning curve in figuring out what people's aesthetics are and how they communicate and all of those things. But it's exciting to build those relationships. And now I'm really excited to do more shows with people because now it's like, oh, we just figured out how to do this. And now the show's starting, yep. but I can't wait to do it again. And you know, we'll get a little bit of a head start. Yeah, it's like driving a rental car. Huh. You have to get a little bit comfortable, and then once you're in... You're gone. Yep. You just hope you don't get a ding, because you have to return it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's where the conversation went. How did you start directing, don't get a ding in your rental car? That's probably because I'm driving a rental car right now. So I go. have to keep reminding myself, don't get a ding. You got to draw on that real-life experience. Absolutely. So quickly, what drew you, not only to the Harlem Renaissance, but like to this show? Because I know you helped figure out what shows are coming to Paperman. Yeah. So as we're looking at shows for the season, one of the questions we always ask is why this show and why now? Mm -hmm. And one of Paper Mill's goals, certainly in the last few years, um, has been to bring different types of representation to our stages and different stories and different cultural backgrounds. And as we were considering shows and the idea of After Midnight came up, we thought this is a really great opportunity to dig into a black historical time and specific place and music. And we started to think about um, how exciting that would be. And it also coincides with Black History Month, with, which also felt like, oh, this is the perfect time in our season mm -hmm. to present this show. For me personally, it was the idea that no one had done the show. Mm -hmm. I don't think there have been any live productions since the original Broadway production, which then got... Um, remounted as a cruise ship show and i think there was maybe a tour hmm. maybe not um but that production which had been directed and choreographed by warren carlisle was the definitive production and i was really excited about having the opportunity to do something new and reimagine we haven't even mentioned in that production there were 25 cast members and 17 musicians yep. and in our version there are 10 cast members and seven musicians so we've reimagined the show in a lot of ways yep. and it's not just that there are fewer performers it's what each performer does is different and we really did have to find 10 people who could do everything sing yes. and dance and act in all different styles because there are only 10 of them and they have to do a whole show um, but those were some of the reasons why we were excited to do this. But I think the fact that it hadn't had a major production mm -hmm. made it feel like officially it's a revival, but it feels like a completely new work because we're really leaning into the Harlem context and the vibrancy of the Harlem Renaissance. And I think you see that in the color palette and then the choreography. And we were keeping everything very analog. There are no video screens. There are no automated set pieces. Mm -hmm. Um you don't see moving lights all over the place like it's a concert. The band sounds very acoustic. Uh, so that was another approach that I was really excited about because we've done other shows, Gatsby being one of them, that have lots of video and lots of, you know, really modern set things. Yeah. And we said, 
let's go back to the time of the Harlem Renaissance and sort of lean into like the analog quality of how a show would have been presented then. You know, I was just thinking about, I think this is the first show that I saw on Broadway that I took a pass at. Because what do you mean took a pass at? Meaning, oh, like that you've worked yeah, on a version of? Yeah, because every other show that I've choreographed, I've not seen it in real life. So it's been very interesting, like just sitting here thinking about that. I'm like, oh, I actually saw it on Broadway because I had friends who were in it, of course, and I wanted to see it. But I think this is the first time that I saw a musical on Broadway that then I've been inspired to choreograph it in my own way. Because I've choreographed Oklahoma and like Indecent and Sophisticated Ladies and other shows but I only got to see like the PBS special or mm -hmm. actually that's mainly what I saw a lot of the things on PBS, shout out to PBS. Uh -huh. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think this is the first show that I've choreographed or re-choreographed or reimagined that I've actually seen on Broadway. Mm. How does that work for you? I don't- Because you see so many shows. I do. I'm trying to think if I have ever directed a show that I had seen on Broadway? And I think the answer is no. Uh-huh. And that includes this show, because I saw a run-through of this show in the rehearsal room before it went to Broadway. Mm. So for people who aren't normally in a rehearsal process, usually the last two days in the rehearsal room before it goes to the theater, there's a full run-through, and that's when the lighting designer and other people involved in the show come and see sort of what we've done in the room. So I went to the designer run of After Midnight, but never saw the actual production. So I've mm. seen some B-roll and video and photos, but I hadn't seen it. And I don't think I've done a show. I've done older stuff like Godspell and Pippin. Oh, I guess I've seen a revival of Pippin, but I think I had directed it prior to this most recent revival. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think I've ever directed something that I had seen. Very interesting. Yeah. That's what's so great about this with the reimagined smaller cast is even if I had seen it and really known that original production ours is just different because it has to be yeah it's just built differently yeah and a blessing and a curse that a lot of people that i thought would have seen it and should have seen it did not get to mm -hmm. and since it doesn't have a cast album people don't have a reference point which is good and bad it's great because we can introduce it to new to new audiences but it's also not the best because it was a great musical yeah but we've also made some changes like there was a there's a song, Ain't It the Truth, which was originally sung by four men, mm -hmm. and we have reconceived it for two men and two women. Mm -hmm. uh, there's another song at the end of the show that was instrumental only mm -hmm. that we've added some vocals to, and all of this was done with the approval of the licensing house. So, mm -hmm. you know, for those of you listening out in the country, you can't just make changes to shows, yeah, you know, that. just because you want to, yeah, um, but like you that. can ask permission, and then often they'll say, that sounds great, try that. So we are doing some things that are officially different than the previous version that I'm really excited about. Great. So even if you saw the original, I think you're going to find a lot of new things here. I love it. I love it too. <laughs> That's why we do what we do. <laughs>